Hi, everyone. I wanted to remind you of a must read. This is a book that you have to have on your bookshelf. It is called The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. He is able to help you make important decisions, give you some guidance on which path to take, and you get to learn how he tapped into the wisdom and power of the unseen worlds for guidance and inspiration. I had the opportunity to interview him, and he was a lovely guest on the Path 11 podcast, episode 343. Check it out. Listen to the podcast. Go buy the book. Again, it's The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. To find out more information, go to his website, carlgreer.com. That's spelled C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Reconnective Healing Global Community. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, we released an episode with Dr. Eric Pearl and Jillian Fleer about reconnective healing. He was a chiropractor who was working in his practice in Los Angeles, and his patients started to report that they were having these healings just with his hands being near them without him actually touching them. So he went on to research and try to find out what this universal wisdom was behind what was happening. And he developed the reconnective healing process. Their website is thereconnection.com and they are offering an online level one class called the portal to awaken your own healing ability and to learn how to do this. There's over eight hours of interactive content where you will learn to interact with energy, light, and information to experience lasting knowingness, peace, and love without limitations. They gave us a coupon code to give to all of our listeners. It is PATH2PORTAL. We're going to put that in the show notes. And that's 25% off of the Portal Online Level 1 course. I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you take it. Send me an email. Would love to know how the course works for you. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our Throwback Thursday. Today, I would like to introduce you to a phenomenal emergency room doctor. Her name is Monica Williams. She has been a guest on the Path 11 podcast, and I actually had the opportunity to meet her in 2018 at the Afterlife Awareness Conference in Orlando, Florida. She gave an amazing talk. It was fantastic. And Monica's talk on Path 11 TV is all about learning how to be okay with death. She talks about ways that you can make informed decisions about your death and how you really should have knowledge of what your wishes are while you're healthy, before you ever get to an emergency room. She also talks about the spiritual experiences at the end of life that she and her colleagues being ER doctors have seen and experienced before. You'll also learn about the Shared Crossing Project. And today we're just giving you about a 10-minute clip of her presentation that you can watch the full presentation, actually see her slides that she's talking about on Path 11 TV. 
I'm going to give you guys a code to get 30% off at the end of this little snippet that we have here. So be sure to listen to the end. And I also just really want to give kudos to Monica and just read her bio so you have an understanding of how amazing this doctor is. She really is a doctor that has one foot in science and one foot in spirituality. She's an award-winning writer and board-certified emergency physician with expertise in death and dying and medical directives. She practices in one of the largest emergency departments in the nation at Huntsville Hospital, where she also serves the community as the medical director for advanced care planning and end-of-life education. She has lectured coast-to-coast all over the United States. She has also served on the board of directors for multiple non-for-profit hospices. She's faculty for the University of Alabama at Birmingham School of Medicine and is an appointee to the American College of Emergency Physicians End-of-Life Task Force. Her writing, speaking, and advocacy focuses on empowering patients and families in critical and end-of-life decision-making, and her consulting work centers on the same although the future direction of her work will incorporate more spiritual elements. She also wrote a book. It's called It's Okay to Die. And companion website are tools for transforming the end of life into a time of peace, closure, and healing. Dr. Williams has also appeared in local and national media as a medical expert, including the Emmy Award-winning show The Doctors, The Washington Post, and her blog has also appeared in the New York Times Health Around the Web column. Her end-of-life preparation checklists have been adopted by UCLA Center for Integrative Oncology and the UK's NHS campaign, Be Ready For It, endorsed by Norfolk and Suffolk Palliative Care Academy. Back in 2013, she was a winner of the National Cost of Care essay contest, and you can purchase her books at her website, oktodie.com. So I am going to bring you in to this next clip. You can listen for about 10 minutes and then be ready for 30% off code that you can get to watch the rest of this full-length lecture on PAP11 TV. The stark reality, the real numbers are this. Um, 90% of people who are found dead stay dead. And of those of us who are physically resuscitated, half of us will not be who we used to be in physical form. So if I fall over dead right now. Mine odds are a bit higher because I'm younger and healthier than an older person with multiple illnesses. But there's a strong possibility that I might not be Monica. And so people need to have informed decisions when making medical choices with their loved ones and their families at the end of life. So that was really the goal of my book. I did address spiritual and religious concerns briefly. That is a part of what we need to address at the end of life. I am not a hospice physician, but like hospice and palliative care, my view of medicine is much broader than most physicians. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to have bio, psycho, social, spiritual care, because we're holistic people. I'm a whole person. Those are all domains of who I am. And in medicine, we kind of treat you as an organ and organ systems, and that's simply not enough. That fails to show the larger picture. But I'll tell you what. We do a terrible job in medicine of supporting you spiritually and helping you to understand what your illness and dying might actually mean to you spiritually. Physicians don't have training in that. And frankly, even in our best programs, even in hospice and palliative care programs where we have chaplains and a focus on the spiritual aspect of caring for you, with a rare exception, we still are doing a failing job. 
I think that there are a whole lot of blanks and spaces for spirituality and healthcare, and we've got to do better because this is about our whole selves, not just a piece. I'm more than my liver and my spleen, so I need to treat all of my patients as their whole selves as well. So today we're going to talk about some really exceptional spiritual type of experiences we see at the end of life and the uh, energetic field that opens at the time of dying. And I think by recognizing these and affirming these experiences, it will help those of us as providers to provide more support to our patients and even to affirm each other if we have these types of experiences. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know that my website for speaking is drmonica.com. And there is a small warning here. There are some graphic slides. I'll warn you to cover your eyes before we get to those when that time comes. But I'd like to draw your attention to these two photos at the bottom before we get started. This photo at the bottom left is a picture of me holding my grandmother's hand three minutes after she took her last breath. It's the first time I ever saw a good death, and I've been practicing medicine for eight years. So my grandmother's dying, which we'll discuss a little bit later, transformed me and gave me a benchmark for what dying can look like and what a healthcare provider should do to get someone there. Most recently, the bottom right photo is me holding my father's hand one week before he took his last breath. My dad taught me different lessons about embracing suffering and being with paradox at the end of life and the gifts of vulnerability and relationship healing that can come when you consciously engage the end-of-life phase. So um, I hope that they're with us today for this lecture. All right, so some disclosures. Neither hospital I work for is involved in this work. I do receive royalties from the sale of It's Okay to Die, and I have no financial relationship with the Shared Crossing Project. However, I am their medical advisor, and the mission for the Shared Crossing Project is to increase public awareness about the profound healing opportunities available at the end of human life. And a lot of the research material we're going to discuss today and the data you see on your table comes from the Shared Crossing Research Project, which I am going to invite you to be involved in if you've had any experiences of your own. All right, so these are my objectives. What would we like to talk about today? Well. Um, in research, we have to tell you what our bias is before we talk about things. So I'm going to give you my bias. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my history, and I'm a bit strangely wired for a doctor, and we're going to talk about that, which probably is the reason I'm even here at all, is my sensitivity to death and dying. We're going to talk about these exceptional states of consciousness that occur before and after the death of a human being. And what's happening there? I had some questions that arose for me that we're going to talk about today and hopefully shed some light on, maybe not full answers, but begin to get a handle on these. We're going to talk about what models of human consciousness allow us to explain these exceptional states. Who experiences this phenomena? What does science say about these things? Hmm, I was very curious about that. So what's a framework for discussing these phenomena? That's really what the Shared Crossing Project has given me, was a, uh, uh, a lexicon for discussing these and now researching these. And then the most important question, because ultimately, although I may appear very spiritual, I'm extremely practical. So how do these things even matter? How do we plug them into healthcare? And can they be groomed and reproduced for our benefit? 
So before we hit the objectives, I want to meander off into a little philosophical pathway. Um, I stand with one foot in science and one foot in this question mark place, spirituality. And this is an interesting and juicy edge to be on. When I was in college, I remember going to the library and studying for nights and nights, way into the dark hours of the library uh, open time, because I wanted to know everything that scientists knew so that I could know all things that could be known. Well, naive, 20-year-old, <laughs> whatever. So what do you find out when you study the most preeminent scientists in the world? Well, you find out that the leading scientists on the edge of their field have come to the place where they know everything that has been known, and what they see before them are question marks. Their research is now into the area of the unknown. Hmm, well, very interesting. That's where we grow. This borderline between the known and the unknown, oftentimes these, the phenomena you see right on that borderline appear paradoxical in nature. So where I stand today is one foot in science, one foot in spirituality, one foot in what we know about life, and I'm asking questions about what do we know about death. I think you guys might be interested in the same borderline or you might not be here. About 15 years ago, I had the opportunity to catch up with one of my old med school classmates. She was a scientific materialist atheist, and she worked as a hospice medical director. And she said, Monica, there are things happening in this place which are not in medical textbooks. And I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it myself. So my question and response was, what kinds of things? <laughs> Let's talk about them. Because, as I've pointed out, these things at the borderline are where we're learning and where we're growing. So the question is, can we define these things? Can we bring more into the known as we approach the edge, this growing edge? All right, so enough philosophy for now. So here's my background, which is probably why I'm even at this conference at all. I was born uh, a rural southerner. My dad was a coal miner, and no, I can't sing. <laughs> But this was my dad. He was cute. My dad will be a theme throughout this talk. He's taught me a lot. But I was a bit different than most people in my culture. Um, I seem to be at odds with some of the belief systems in my environment and structures. My mother just said I was rebellious, so there we go. <laughs> but I also had some strange personality traits, which have persisted to now. I've managed them better. But I felt like I had, in retrospect, hazy ego boundaries that I would pick up people's emotions easily and would, frankly, confuse them as my own, which sometimes persists to these days. So learning boundaries has been important to me. But what came along with this strange wiring is that I seem to be exceptionally sensitive to death. And I have three experiences I'd like to share with you from my teenage years to early 20s to kind of illustrate this. The first one I can remember most clearly was the night of my 16th birthday, New Year's Eve. My mom came in and woke me up from a dead sleep and said, your cousin has been in a car accident and they said he has a fatal head wound and he's gonna die. And I sat up in bed and just remember saying very clearly, he's not gonna die because death is not with him. She was like, what? <laughs> Get up out of bed and let's go to the hospital. Okay. Well, I never believed he was going to die. And he was in a coma for 27 days, and they said he's going to die. And he woke up, and he's the father of two children now, 
and he's very nice. I told him he should have died years ago. It improved his personality. <laughs> but I just knew for some reason death was not present to him. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you guys love Dr. Williams as much as I do. She is just such a down-to-earth human being who is so passionate, really cares about the work that she's doing. And I love that she is blending science and spirituality together and really being a voice for a lot of emergency physicians who really might be a little frightened to talk about the spiritual aspects of the work that they do. So if you're ready for your code, get your pen and paper. If you would like 30% off of the Path 11 TV subscription, when you sign up for your free trial, I'd like you to put the code in TBT30. TBT for Throwback Thursday and the number 30 for 30% off. Thanks for listening, and I'll bring you another Throwback Thursday next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com and be sure to use coupon code podcast30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.